How's it going, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Grafted Podcast. We are so happy that you have uh, joined us on this episode. Um, so last month, the month of September has been extremely crazy busy for us. Uh, and so because of everything that's gone on, uh, not only just with our normal missions, fundraising efforts and traveling from church to church on, on the weekends, but we also had men's retreat. We traveled the entire state of Oklahoma for the prayer and listening tour. Uh, we even had a service in South Florida that we had to go to. And on top of that, we also had a bathroom remodel because we had a, a major catastrophic uh, issue <laughs> with our bathroom because uh, it wasn't done correctly the first time. And so we had to start this remodel. And so for those reasons, uh, this episode is late and I apologize for that. But thank you for tuning in and I hope that you get something out of this episode. Welcome to the Grafted Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Weatherly. I want to help encourage you to have an active faith, to engage in God's Word, and to discover your purpose in life. Each episode, we will examine verses from the Bible, find their original meaning, and apply them to our lives today. Each message will end with growth point questions for us to think about. Now, Let's dive into this installment of the Grafted Podcast. On the previous episode, we talked about the topic, Who Are You to Judge? based on Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, about how Christians, as Christians, we are supposed to have a higher standard of living that includes our morals and ethics. But we need to be extremely careful that we don't become self-righteous and start judging others when we know that we ourselves are sinners and mess up too. Because there isn't one of us who's guiltless, when we speak out against sin, it needs to be done with a humble heart. We are to show people the same kindness, tolerance, and patience that God has shown to us in our own wrongdoing. In this episode, we are going to look at how God will judge everyone based on their deeds. We'll look at the contrast between righteous and unrighteous believers and God's judgment through what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 2, verses 6-11. through 11. The title of this episode is Good Deeds. Paul is still speaking to those high moralists who were in the church that thought that they were better than everyone else but they were still practicing the same immoral acts as the unbelievers. In chapter 1, verses 18 through 32, Paul actually gives us this list of things that they were doing. This group mainly consisted of Jewish believers, and more than likely, there were a few Gentile believers that were mixed in as well. After warning them about passing judgment on others, Paul warns them in chapter 2, verses 6 through 11, that they are going to be judged by God according to what they have done in life. Let's look at these six verses. Romans chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. This is the ESV translation. He will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking or contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. 
There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first and also the Greek, but the glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek, for God shows no partiality. Some people may look at verse 6 and think, wait a second, salvation comes through faith in Jesus and not by works. Isn't Paul contradicting himself here? The answer is no. Paul is not contradicting himself. We know through other verses, like what we read in Ephesians chapter 2, Galatians chapter 2, and in Titus chapter 3, that Paul teaches that salvation comes through faith and not by works. What Paul understood was that the condition of a person's heart should be seen through their habitual conduct, and whether it was good or bad. Jesus teaches on this point that Paul is trying to make in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 27. This is the New Living Translation. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all the people according to their deeds. The people Paul was talking to are the people who believed in Jesus, but they didn't want to give up their old ways. They hung on to their old life and continued in the sins they were committing. In the process of going after the world, they ended up forfeiting their souls to hell. And it is the deeds that people do that proves whether their allegiance is with God or with the world. The Jews had been warned about this several times before. Once in Job chapter 34 verse 11 where he says, For according to the work of man he will repay him, and according to his ways he will make it befall him. And another time in Jeremiah 17.10 that says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. These Jewish believers didn't think that these warnings applied to them. So Paul had to bring these higher-than-thou moralists down a few notches. Today, we need to realize that we are going to be judged by God at some point. We are not saved by good works, but when we fully commit our lives to God, we want to please Him by obeying Him. When God judges us, He is going to take into consideration our actions and how well we have obeyed Him. In verse 7, Paul encourages people to patiently seek and do good works as they follow Christ. Verse 7 reads, and this is the NLT, He, that is God, will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after glory and honor and immortality that God offers. By seeking to do good, it shows the result of a new life in Christ, and that a person's heart is redeemed by God and they now have eternal life. The true faith of a believer generates good works. These good works that believers do shows others, along with God, that they are also seeking after what God offers in the form of glory and honor and eternal life. They are choosing a life of righteousness. 
while teaching about what the parables mean, Jesus talks about the seed that falls on good soil. And that's found in Luke chapter 8, verse 15, that reads, As for that in the good soil, they are those hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. As Christians, we must hold on to what God says through his word, continually seeking God's will in our lives and looking for ways that we can do good in order to live out our faith. In verse 8, Paul starts to bring the hammer down as he contrasts what happens for those who don't seek after God with a warning. Verse 8 says, But for those who are self-seeking or contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. In verse 7, eternal life is promised to those who are doing good and following after God. But here in verse 8, God's wrath and anger are promised for those who have turned away from him, especially those who are claiming to have a special place with him. These people are self-seeking and only live for themselves. The phrase, by living for themselves, means that they are rebelling against God, which is unrighteousness. They prefer to live according to the pleasures that they find in the world. This pushes God away and it neglects the truth. These people who won't apologize and they won't turn from their worldly ways. Jesus talks about the seed that falls on bad soil in Luke chapter 8, verse 14. It reads, As for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Those who are not seeking after and obeying God end up not doing good deeds. Their deeds are based on their unrighteous, sinful actions. If we start to ignore what God is saying and start living the way we want to live, participating in worldly sin, then we are going to be in trouble. Eternal life is only promised to those who have faith in Jesus and follow after God's will for their life. When we live for the pleasures of the world and push God away, we will be repaid for what we have done. Our actions will eventually show whether or not we are truly living for God. Now, we see that Paul has mentioned two groups of people. The first group are those who seek after God, and the second are those who seek after themselves or the world. Each one of these groups will receive a payment based on their actions. Verses 9 and 10 say, there will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, but glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good. Paul starts with the second group of people, those who are the thorns that Jesus talked about. They live for themselves and care more about the riches and the pleasures of life rather than God, and they never produce any good fruit. Their wicked deeds will be repaid with wrath and fury of God's anger. Upon Judgment Day, because of the choices they made, even though they know who Jesus is but did not follow him, they will be repaid with an eternity separated from God. Paul says that the payment for those who do evil will be tribulation and distress. 
There will be suffering and affliction both here on earth and in eternity for those who reject God. Then in verse 10, Paul ends with the first group of people, those who are the good soil. They hear the word of God. They held tightly to it with good, honest hearts. And because they followed God and obeyed God, they produced good deeds. When they stand before God on their judgment day, God will pay them for their good deeds in the form of glory and honor and peace, which includes eternal life in heaven with God. Now, I just want to take a quick side note here. Many people misread verse 10 where it says, everyone who does good, they misread it to say, everyone who does the best they can. This compares various human behaviors, and it creates a scale of good and evil, which is not good theology. God's ways are black and white and have no gray. His perceptions see straight through what we may perceive as gray areas. Sin is dark, evil, and no good. It is unrighteous. Good, on the other hand, is light and pure and does good. This is righteous. Now in verses 9 and 10, I left out something that Paul said because I wanted to, to look at it with verse 11. Two times Paul said, for the Jew first and also the Greek. Some translations use the word Gentile here. And then in verse 11, he said, for God does not show favoritism. God does not favor the Jew over the Gentile like the Jewish Christians believed. This actually isn't the case at all. The Jews and the Gentiles are both loved equally by God, just like God loves us today. Paul is addressing the thought that many Jews believed, which is that their religious heritage is what guaranteed their salvation. But that's not the case. Paul wanted to drive home the fact that with God, there is no place for prideful superiority amongst Christians. That is why he looks at the deeds of each person to see if their heart is following and obeying him or following after the world. After Jesus came to the apostle Peter to teach him about reaching people who were not Jews, Peter said in Acts chapter 10, verse 34 and 35, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, everyone who fears him does what is right and acceptable to him. This is a reminder for us that our family, our nation, our, our cultural faith does not mean that we are Christians. Many people in the United States claim Christianity because they believe that the faith of their forefathers is good enough for them to call themselves Christians. But this is far from the truth. To be a Christian, it requires a person to have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord, God, and Savior. And if they haven't made that confession of faith, then they are not Christians. Everything we looked at in Romans chapter 2, verses 6-11, through 11, it reminds me of the way that people see their jobs. We have all worked with two types of people on the job. The first type is the team player. They do their part, but are also happy to help others. They are making sure that the job gets done. They're eager to learn new things and are helping the team succeed. The second type of person is showing up late, leaving early, 
not holding to their own deadlines. They're unwilling to work outside their job description and just working for the weekends. When it comes time for a promotion, who do you think will be chosen? And what if downsizing happens? In our lives, who would we rather be? The contentious one only looking out for themselves, as the scripture puts it, or doing good where we are promised peace and honor. So I want to take another side note here, uh, just a quick second to explain something. When my wife looked over this message, which she looks over all of my messages uh, because she is a, a very philosophical person and sees things differently from me. So I always have her, her look over these. And she said that some people who hear this may think, great, the scales are not weighed in my favor. There is no way I can be good enough. Okay, so here's the deal. When we have faith in Jesus and repent of our evil ways, all of our past sin is thrown out as if they never happened. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 14 through 18 is a great example of this. It says, For by that one offering he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, this is the new covenant. I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my law in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. So Jesus, by dying on the cross, became this final sacrifice for sin. Even after our confession of faith that cleans us from our sin, if we sin again, all we need to do is ask for forgiveness and do our best to change our ways with God's help. In looking at Romans chapter 2, verses 6-11, through 11, we have seen how God will judge us through our actions, and that through our actions we will prove whether or not we are truly following Christ. And we have seen the payment that we'll receive. Similar to the illustration of being working with people on the job, we will eventually have to stand and make an account for our actions. God will judge us first on our faith in Jesus and second through our actions that prove where our allegiance truly is. So let's look at some growth point questions here, things to think about. Number one, what are some of the things that you had to give up to follow after Jesus? Number two, in what ways can we seek to do good that honors God? Number three, how do people tend to choke out the truth from their life? Number four, what are some actions or deeds that show whether or not a person is living for God? And number five, how can we hold tightly to the Word of God? I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Grafted Podcast. If you did, Please help more people find it by liking, sharing, commenting, and subscribing. My family serves as Assembly of God World missionaries, and our ministry is sustained through prayer and financial support from pastors, churches, and individuals like you. For more Bible teaching and to find out how you can become a ministry partner, please visit our website, showingtheworld.com, and don't forget to follow us on social media. Until next time, thanks for listening.